Well, it's such a privilege to be here. Thank you so much for coming out. And um, yeah, I'm also very thankful. And uh, I just want to, um, first of all, thank my family, the amazing family that I have and love them so much and support us and so on. And, but also for the many volunteers in this, in this um, community. We couldn't do what we do without you. Everything here needs to be set up. Um, one of the great things about uh, having this gymnasium and working with the school is that we um, have um, f- um, set, um, put finances into all of these buildings as we go rather than build our own. But that gives us the privilege of using this place. And, uh, but that means everything has to be set up every Sunday. And so I just want to encourage you, uh, if you'd like to step up or find out more about it, uh, we've got a lot of places where that can happen. And also want to thank um, the staff, Oceanside staff. They're amazing. I've been on a bit of a sabbatical and still on. But every now and then I just want to pop in and say hi. And uh, it's been an amazing time for us too. And uh, my message is very short this, um, this morning. I got up early, early, and I went through the sermon, and I chopped it right down because I really feel that God does want to work inside the heart of people, and that often happens through worship and prayer. And um, we're also going to be breaking of, bre- uh, breaking of bread in remembrance and thankfulness for what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross so, um, yeah, it's a, like I said, it's a, a, a short message, and it's mainly focused on people in our community that are not doing well. And as a pastor, uh, it's been quite an emotional year for us, um, nearly two, um, two years now of um, bringing people through that, um, that have not been doing well, and for whatever reason, and... But it's been a tremendous privilege and to see what God is doing in and through these circumstances. So um, I want to speak a little bit about the goodness of God in the midst of trials and in spite of circumstance. And um, so a few little scriptures here that I want to share. And the first one is um, uh, in Philippians um, 4, verse 10 to 13. I've cut the scriptures down. And that's the problem with preaching, and the difference between teaching and preaching is preaching is you, preaching you have to bring it down, and you uh, often can't um, read the full context. And and so it's very important to to take a look at the scriptures and look at the context and the history of why that that was written, why it was, and to who. And the Bible just comes alive when we do that. So. I've done that today, to, to, um, and um, I see this in Philippians 4, 10 to 13, where Paul, speaking to a church too that was going through trials, and Paul himself was in trials at the time. And this is what he says to the church of Philippi in um, Philippians 4, 10 to 13. He, he writes and says this, I rejoice greatly in the Lord. That at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed that you were concerned but had no opportunity to show it. Now remember he's in a Roman jail as he's writing this. I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I've learned the, the, the secret of being content in whatever circumstance. I know what it's like to be in need. 
I know what it's like to be, to have plenty. But I have learned, and this is the key, the secret of being content. And that's what I want to focus on a little bit. And I've learned the secret of being content. And in any, in, in, in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things, not through myself, but through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. And this is the secret, church. And it's found uh, earlier on in the same chapter. Read the whole chapter, but um, the secret of being content. Uh, Paul speaks of this in Philippians 4, verse 4. And this is what he says. The secret is to rejoice in the Lord always. No matter what the situation, God is good. No matter what the situation, He is with us. No matter what the situation, He never leaves us or forsakes us. And for me, I often, uh, as hard as it can be for us, I often think of the poor people that do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and how they need to deal with all of the same things but without Jesus. And that's why it's important for us to share the love of Jesus with those around us. He says this, rejoice. Why does he say this? Because God is bigger than any circumstance. And when we lift our eyes to heaven, the God of love, forgiveness, and acceptance fills us with joy. And the joy of the Lord can only be received, church, in the presence of God. And it's something that God wants us to be in every day, to live in the presence of God, to spend time in His presence daily. And that can only be received through the presence of God. You see, a joy is different to happiness. Happiness depends on our emotions. It is not subject to... It depends on our emotions. It is temporal and often dictated by circumstance. But the joy of the Lord is eternal because it's not subject to circumstance. And it's only received through an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We can't get it from somebody else. We can't... um, get it without having been spending time in his presence. And so I know for a fact sometimes my joy tank is empty, and when I look time, it's normally because I haven't spent enough time in the presence of God. You see, Jesus speaks of this. In John 15, verse 5 to 12, he says this, that I am the vine, and you are the branches. And this is what he says, come into my presence. And he says this, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing of eternal consequence. That's for sure. If you do not remain in me, this is what he says. You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. 
But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for. You see, when we remain in God and we get the heart of God, we ask what God wants us to ask. How does that make sense? Because often people say, I've asked for stuff and I've never got it. No, we're asking in line with God and his word and his plan for our lives. And he says this, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. And this is the key. Verse 11, I have told you this so that your joy may be in you and your joy will be complete. My command is love one another as I have loved you. And I know for many here today and at home, there are difficult times. And I know even some in our family here who have lost loved ones over this time and jobs and so on. But I've also seen the blessing of God upon this community and even the blessing of God on people who are going through trials because they're never alone. So my encouragement for us today is simply this, is for us to respond to the call of God, for us to focus on the presence of God in our lives. You see, it's wonderful when we come together full of faith and the presence of God. It's like things happen. And often we don't, and that's good, and that's why we're here. Often I don't feel like I want to be at church, believe it or not. As the pastor, that's not a good thing. But it's true. And so we can feed off each other. But when we all come together, full of the presence, full of the anointing, spending time in his presence, we worship and minister out of the overflow And that helps others who are struggling because when um, they're struggling, we might be doing well. And when we're struggling, we need them to be doing well for us too. And this is what my encouragement is. And it's an encouragement from the book of Habakkuk. This is a difficult time for Israel and it was the difficult time was brought on because of their disobedience and unfaithfulness. The Babylonians had invaded Israel, and they had destroyed the, their crops. They killed their staffs. They, 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 they killed their livestock, and as a result, they were starving. And in this dark time, Habakkuk chooses not to look at the circumstance, but to lift his eyes to God. He knows what's going on. And this is what he does. As God encourages him, as he's in the presence of God, to trust him regardless of the circumstance. 
I love that scripture, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And he, he writes this declaration, and as a result of this, he writes this declaration of faith in God. We can see this in Habakkuk 3, verse 17 to 19. And what an incredible faith this man had, an incredible relationship he had, because this is what he writes. Though the fig tree does not blossom, and there's no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there's no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful, joyful in God my Savior. I must apologize a bit. I'm just struggling from some pain, and it's distracting me a bit, but God is good. And this is what he goes on to say. The Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like feet of a deer, and he aim, enables me to tread on the heights. And what he is saying is that nothing, no circumstance, no matter how dire or, or big or anything like that, can steal his joy because he is entrusting in God. He chose to focus on God and not the circumstance. And the Bible, reality is this, that Jesus promises to never all forsake us. When we walk through the fires, he says, we will not get burnt. When we walk through the floods, we will not get overwhelmed, for he is with us, and he summoned us by name. So because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, have our names written in the land book of life, and we will enjoy eternity together. And not only that, we have access to the very holy of holies, according to Hebrews 10. And God never promised us an easy life, but he did promise a joyful and eternal life. So let us not forget the benefits of the psalm he wrote, David wrote, should I say, in 103, verse 1 to 4, where he writes, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, who forgive all our sins and heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion, who satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. And yes, the Lord works justice and righteousness for the oppressed. Church, I'm going to stop that for a moment and if we could bow our heads. And if I can invite the worship team forward, because we're going to break bread now, and Wes will take us through that. But if we just bow our heads for a moment.
I just have this sense that God is wanting to do more. And that doesn't mean we have to shout louder or jump higher. It means it might just be being still. But as we worship him now, I want you to picture yourself in the very throne room of God. I want you to open your hands so that he can fill them. I want you to see yourself gazing in the face of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's here. He's in our midst. He's working in our lives as we, we, we sung. And for this moment, before we break bread, I would just love us to worship for a while. And while we're worshiping, Wes will lead us in breaking of bread. Thank you. Amen.